Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. On Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN and in studio is Eli Rutherford, yeah! Jeremy Rutherford's son. It's great to have him in with us, JR, along for the ride as well. You can, of course, read his work over at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. JR, what's good, man? Not too much, guys. Thanks for letting him slide in here. We were coming over from uh, practice at Centene. He was uh, off school today for anybody who's going, what's the kids doing? <laughs> yeah, We're off school. We joked with uh, Scott Prinovich about that. He's off a school on a day like this. I said, buddy, it's not Minnesota. It's, 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 it's coming different. from Higby, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, so I told him we were coming in the studio to do this. Again, thanks for having him. Uh, he did say on the way over here, Dad, can I do it? I'm better than you. Yeah. So he's got a point there. Well, and did he talk to the left-handed defenseman to give him some <laughs> tips out there? Because that's where that's where Eli thrives on the ice. All right, JR. Let's talk about this yes, Blues sir. team. Um, I, I think in the back of our minds, we all kind of knew, okay, this is still the same Blues team that we saw early on this season. They still have some deficiencies. This is not a Stanley Cup contender. We all know that. We did, though, see a sustained stretch of period where they played better. They, they looked like a better hockey team. How would you assess where we're at right now? Just, like, big picture sense. We're, we're roughly halfway through the season. What, what would you say this Blues team is? I think they're about where we thought they'd be. And interestingly, I think Alex told me last night on Press Row that uh, he took the, the survey that we have at The Athletic right now for Blues fans. You're welcome, And uh, not to be a spoiler here because the results have come out in a few days, but I did peek at them this morning. And I asked the question, is this Blues team better, worse, or about where you thought they'd be? And that's what's winning right now, about where you thought you'd be. Probably about, I think, 60%. So I, I think I speak for a lot of Blues fans who say that, that you didn't think they'd be a playoff team in terms of going around or two but you didn't think they'd be bottom of the, the barrel um, but I think we've seen so many ebbs and flows where you see on nights when they can play well especially after Drew Bannister took over you know they've beaten some great teams right and even these games recently they've been in some of them but I gotta say this I, I think that the mistakes we're seeing at critical times are reflective of a roster that's just not on par with a lot of the league do you think that's where they're trending though is away from that new coach honeymoon phase and more into, yeah, this is what we thought this team was going to be and the mistakes are still there. Yeah, I was thinking about that after last night's game. You know, has 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 it worn off in terms of getting that new coach bump? And the thing we talked about with Drew Bannister a couple weeks ago is how do you sustain that? How do you keep it going? Well, it's tough when you have some holes in the roster, right? So I don't want to say that this team can't go out and still beat some good teams. You're just three points back of the wild card spot. Heck, they could still make the playoffs. But I think that, yes, you get to a point where, okay, 
you know, that, that energy that you get from the coaching change has worn off, and now you have to go out and play. And what I was thinking about on the drive home last night, Alex, is, you know, just think if a couple months ago you're talking about, uh, you know, gosh, if we could just get the power play. Well, the power play is going right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just seems like you're plugging holes in a dam in terms of areas of your game that you want to be better, and now you get this area better, but now you can't muster 30 shots on net. You know, or now you can't, you know, have veterans make critical mistakes at the key it's, times. It's wild because we talked so much about, or Bannister talked about net front presence on the power play, and that's how you get it going. And the five goals, look at the five, look at the five goals you've been scoring. But now they're pleading for net front presence. Steve Ott told Curbs and Joey that last night. He said we need to have a lot more buy-in of net front presence at even strength. You buy in on the power play, but not at even strength in that area. Yeah, and and that's something that's I think plagued this team probably for a couple years, and they're begging for it on the power play, and now you're getting it. Well, guess what? Like you said, Steve Ott said, now you're begging for it five on five. And you look at the shot totals, BK, last night, you know, we tweeted it and I saw you noticed it is uh, look at the the Ranger game, 42-21. Was it 38-35-23 a couple Uh nights ago? Uh, Last night, same thing. They're just not making good plays, and then what happens is they turn the puck over, it's back in their zone, and they're playing defense for most of the shift. They're not able to get down there uh, in the offensive zone and sustain anything, and when they do, it's it's one and done. So um, I see a team right now who you know, can be good on a lot of nights. They've shown it here recently, but I think big picture, like we just said, it's about where we thought they would be. Jeremy Rutherford's in studio with us. You can, of course, read his work over at The Athletic. They do have that survey that is available to you right now. If you go over to The Athletic, go over to the St. Louis page, you can get a, become a part of that uh, fan survey of wh- where this team's at right now, kind of asking a bunch of questions like that. We'll certainly get into those results with you, uh, Jer, whenever we get to that next week. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at JP Rutherford. Jer, you, men- you mentioned the the shots and all of this, the offense really at even strength, that's been an issue all year long. And as I look at the roster, and if we just kind of take a step back, I think it's kind of understandable. Because when you look at the middle six that this team's putting out there right now, it just doesn't look like a contending middle six roster to me. And as you look at what they have done since Drew Bannister was hired, I mentioned this to Alex earlier today, Jordan Kyra has six goals in the last 14 games. You'll take that. You've got four from Pavel Buchnevich, four from Robert Thomas. That top line is producing the way that we all kind of anticipated that they would this season. But then after that, if you're looking at your top goal-scoring producers among your forwards, there's only two other forwards that have more than one goal in your last 14 games. It's Kevin Hayes at even strength two, Brandon Saad with two. Well, there's your story. Right. And you're just not getting enough co- contributions from somebody not named Thomas Kyru Buchnevich. Yeah, 100%. And going into the season, what were you we talking about? Gosh, if this team could just play good defense, they yeah. can probably say what Doug Armstrong proclaimed that you know third place is what they're hoping for. But now here as we sit, the defense has played pretty good overall. And, and then you look at that forward group and you're just not getting it. I do think we could probably go back and roll back the tape, You know, us three having the same conversation of, gosh, if you can get 25, 30 goals – out of Verana, if you can get 20, 25 out of Kapanen, um, I know he hasn't been that type of guy, mm-hmm. but if you can get some 20-goal production out of a number of these guys, a Braden Chen, and you're just not getting it from any of those guys to the point where Verana's in Springfield, Kapanen's getting moved. Like last night, Drew Bannister, he moves him up to the top line. You think oh. that's a reflection of Cairo. He said, no, I'm trying to put some life in, in Kapanen. Um, they're not getting it done from a number of those guys, and, and the production offensively just isn't there besides that top line. Well, go ahead, BK. What's up with Braden Chen? You know, I, I think that you, you you talk to a lot of people around the league and they look at that contract and they say that he's not worth that. I think Braden Shen can be worth that because he's a leader on your team 
And I think he does a lot of the things that make a good team and pulls people together. But in order to be that type of guy, you know, making six five, you got to be able to produce. And he's been very consistent over the years, producing twenty five goals, you know, sixty points, what have you. So you look at this season. Is it a matter of you just don't have the right pieces together? I mean, we're talking about this mismatch hodgepodge roster up front. And I'm not trying to take the onus off of Shen because he's a big part of that, and he's got to be able to produce and set other guys up. But the offense hasn't been there. So, you know, people talk about the load of being a captain, the load of the pressure that he puts on himself. I don't know if that's caught up to him. You you talk to him, and you hear the right things. He's trying. He's trying to put himself in position. You know, the more you talk about it, um, the more it adds up on you. So he tries to avoid that type of conversation. I don't think, I guess to answer your question the best I can, I don't think we've seen the last of the good offensive production from Brain Chen. I don't think it's like completely downhill from here. I just think he's in a massive rut, and I don't think there's enough good enough players around him to make him be able to play and have success with it. Yeah, you're struggling from what they have right now and what they don't have are goal scores. Feels like Ryan O'Reilly last year. Yeah, like, yeah. It, Josh it feels Lebo. like the exact same conversation that we had last year, and Ryan O'Reilly finished that season. For 40 games here in St. Louis, he had 12 goals and 7 assists. He was a minus 24 and on the ice And what did he do the rest of the, or after St. Louis that year? Hey, he Pretty good. 13 games with Toronto had 11 points for them, but this year, I think and you look year, more specifically. He's a good year with Nashville. And he's playing 16 with, goals, right. 38 points in 44 games. He's back to close to a point per game producer, because and he's playing with better players he's around He's playing him. with Philip yeah, Forsberg, he, who's a goal scorer. you got to play with better players, and that's not to take Shen off the hook. Look, look, he's got to make other players better around him. If if he's setting up guys and guys are scoring, then you look at Shen a little bit uh, differently. So I know he's going to have the detractors. I know people don't like the contract. I know that people are saying, you know, he's on the other side of the back nine. Uh, But I think that he's a guy who, with better players around him, could have better numbers. So on the defensive side, JR, we were sitting next to each other last night, and I was talking with you about it. Uh, Falk is, since his return, and I don't know if he's still dealing with an injury or not, but he's been on the ice for every even strength goal against. And when Drew Bannister broke up that Matt Kessel and Tori Krug pairing, it seemed that the defense went away and you started to see more of run-and-gun offense that the Blues put themselves in tight spots. Do they go back to to, to Krug and, and Kessel and tell Falk that you're going to have to figure it out on a third pair, or do they stick with it and hope it comes out the other side? So, Alex, I actually asked uh, Drew Bannister that question today. I said, how do you balance this? You know, you have a situation where Falk's coming back from injury. He, uh, Drew Bannister said a couple days ago that, you know, Justin's going to take some time, a little bit of time, to probably get back to where he was pre-injury. Uh, but in the meantime, you're right, five straight even-strength goals that Justin Falk's been on the ice for. You know, Tory Krug was playing some pretty good hockey with Matt Kessel. So can you go back to Matt kessel Tory Krug pairing in the second pair. It didn't sound like that's what they're going to do. Drew Bannister's answer was that, hey, when Falk tells you two games ago that he's ready to go, it's time to play, they're going to put him back in his spot. So, you know, they like the the Perinovich-Kessel pairing right now. And if I had to guess, this Washington game, it's probably Falk and Krug again, but I think they have to keep an eye on that because, um, you know, whatever you think about the season, they're still trying to win games. And right now, that middle pairing on the ice for four out of the last five, Krug and Falk, it's hurting them right now. How would you assess Justin Falk's game this year? I think it's been a tough year for him. I think that, you know, defensively, it's been much better for everybody. Um, I think Falk has been okay defensively. Um, you know, I think part of Tory Krug being better this year is always having Justin Falk on that side, but I do give Tory Krug a lot of credit. He's upped his game since last year. Uh, but you look at the offensive numbers, and I know. 
you know, he didn't score for a long time. And then he got a a goal and broke that up. But it's it's just the offense hasn't been there. And I think you look at last year, was it, where he was double-digit goals and, and producing. And, and we haven't seen the offense. So um, I think if you look at Justin Falk as a whole, you don't count on him necessarily offensively, but that's an added bonus, and it just hasn't been there. So, like, I always think in terms of if you had to do the report card today, and at this point I'd probably give Justin Falk a, a C-. minus. Final one for me, and I know this was on your, your survey as well that people can go vote on on The Athletic. And I, I hate bringing it up because there's still a lot more games to be played, but I, I do so because Doug Armstrong said, like, the search is going to be going on all season. Bannister has looked good, but hypothetically, if it if it wanes away and this team trickles back into their problems that they had prior to Drew Bannister taking over, what does Doug Armstrong do? Because you can't bring in another coach and say, well, we're going to hope he gets the best out of this group. Yeah, I think it... It goes back to me, Alex, as far as what is their plan? Are they trying to find a coach who's going to come in here and help them win? Are they trying to find a coach who can help them come in and, and improve these young players and the players who are coming in, the assets, the, the draft picks that they've made? Or are you trying to find a guy who can try to do both? And I think that's a difficult job, as Craig Bruby told you guys. He told me in the story, you know, that's hard to do what they're asking him to do. So to me, it, it comes down to what what team are they trying to be at this point in this retool? Uh, to me, I think that Drew Bannister makes a lot of sense in terms of his ability to coach up young players. He's dealt with a lot of these players in the American Hockey League, and it seems like he has the attention of these veterans, at least for now. So, you know, you, you paint a picture of, well, if things go south and trickle down, they miss the playoffs. I know, negative Nancy yeah, over here. Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, then Doug is going to have a tough decision on his hands. I got to believe that, you know, he's got his list. He's probably reached out. He's talked to a few people, gauged their interests. And its I don't think it's going to come down to how does this team finish the season. I think it's going to come down to do they have faith that Drew Bannister can do this job on a regular basis and, and continue to improve this team as we've seen you know, in different spots this year. Are there coaches in the NHL that you think do both? Because the tough part, it seems, is... If you try, like, if you do one where you're developing those younger players, you're going to be wasting some of the prime years of some guys that can help you contend, and then you're stuck in that murky middle. I'm sure there are coaches who can do both, but I think what's your identity? Like, you're making roster decisions and also lineup decisions on a nightly basis based on what are you trying to do? Are we trying to improve these guys? Or are we trying to win the game tonight? Right. And, and I think that's too hard. What I had a conversation with somebody at the practice today about this, Alex, is a lot of times what happens is you'll keep a coach knowing that he's going to be the coach to get you to the next coach. So is it a Drew Bannister who, you know, maybe you don't know if, if you hire him full time that he'll be here in three or four years, right. but you think he's the right guy for the job right now, and then you see how it goes, and then maybe you get to that point in three years where you're ready uh, to potentially take that next step, and, and maybe somebody else is out there. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, as any disrespect to Drew Bannister, I'm just saying we've seen that in the NHL before where you have a, a Davis Payne and then they make the next coaching hire. So, um, Dalex, I think that's a tough ask of any coach to do the double dip, which is what they were trying to ask Craig Bruby and now of Drew Bannister. He's Jeremy Rutherford. You can find his work over at The Athletic, where you can be a part of that survey that they were just discussing. You can also follow him on Twitter if you want an easy way to get there, at J.P. Rutherford. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks for bringing in the the more intelligent yeah, Blues voice over he was here, right. which is Eli. Eli, he was right. He, he would have done better than me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a high bar to clear, but I think Eli would have found a way to do it. He's Jeremy Rutherford, one of the best in the business. We always enjoy having him here on BK and Ferrario. You can hear him each and every Tuesday throughout the Blues season.